Welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Listen in as we discuss all things business, growth, and marketing with business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. And now, here's your host, founder of Roundhouse, the creative agency, Saul Edmonds. Oh, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Jonathan Mamrell from NB Lawyers around the topic, helping employers navigate legal obstacles. Jonathan, how are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm, I'm really good. How's your, uh, how's your day been? It's been good. It's been very good. Um, <laughs> we're uh, obviously quite uh, uh, busy at the moment um, with a number of, uh, number of matters uh, around uh, workforces and workforce planning and people management, but um, uh, the team's keeping busy and doing, doing quite well. Yeah, nice. For those people who don't know Jonathan, Jonathan, would you be so kind as to just give everyone uh, just a bit of an intro about who you are, um, NB Lawyers, and then we'll dive into the conversation. Sure. Over to you. So, so Saul, we're a boutique law firm that uh, helps uh, employers and organizations deal with uh, a number of uh, business issues and people management. So, uh, lately, we've been dealing with a lot of uh, redundancies and restructures, uh, dealing with underpayment of wages, termination, and then on the commercial and property side, dealing with um, uh, mergers and acquisitions and um, uh, property acquisition as well. So as the M- as NB lawyers, the lawyers for employers, um, we're really there to sort of help uh, employers and business um, overcome those legal obstacles that are in their way. Yeah, yeah, sure. So when you... so I. When I was I was thinking about the topic for this, and we were discussing it, you know, I think one of the key things, like I mean, knowing what you guys already do, and and you know, having used your services too, but I guess you you personally, I don't I don't know about what other people like their perception of law. Like most people only, you know, would would use legal services, I suppose, in many instances in a reactive sort of mm-hmm. way. But the thing that I've always found really um, interesting, and I guess this, you know, obviously ties in specifically to you being like the lawyers for employers, like the way that you, I guess, work with HR departments and all those other is issues is really that idea of being able to help people to navigate mm-hmm. like is, is, is a key, is a key sort of thing. Like is when, um, like as the business has evolved, yep. have you found that 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 particular idea is has become more important? Like when you're talking to people, yeah, absolutely. So we live uh, for really key values, um, and the first value is help first. So we always have that mindset of trying to help when and if we can. Um, and the way we do that is in, in many ways. Of course, there is that the aspect of just dealing with the issue. And so one of our values is just produce results. Absolutely. Um, another value is, of course, uh, being practical. So providing practical advice. And that's where probably uh, the more preventative measures that can be put in place. So it's not just about dealing with the particular issue at hand. It's not just about interpreting the law. Um, it's not just about uh, even applying that law, but also providing options and, of course, the actual recommendation 
uh, for the client as to what we think is the best way forward to, to either mitigate risk, mitigate liability, or even just to deal with whatever the issue is and try and overcome it. Yeah, I guess that, you know, it's like a lot of things. You don't know what you don't know, right? You know, so having, having someone, you know, who's got your back to be able to, like in any, any sort of circumstance, but then like the, the um, I guess the things that, you know, may or may not happen in a legal sense are in many ways even more important because like you don't know what, what those things are. If you've got nobody educating you or, or kind of like guiding you, which is why I sort of brought that up because it's, you know, my, um, well, I guess experience generally of many people um, when they need legal, you know, services mm. is like sort of reactive. Would you say that's true? Like in, in, yeah. in like when they actually come to you in the first place, I mean, they, what they should do is of course, you know, be asking for advice and having yeah. that guidance. That's the ideal um, scenario. Yeah. And so what we really focus on Saul is education. So it's all well and good to have the information because the reality is um, um, a lot of the um, um, legal information, uh, cases, legislation could be potentially, if you know what you're doing it, in some respects, could be found uh, online. So that's not necessarily the power. So the whole point of you don't know what you don't know, that partly that's true, uh, but partly it's also about educating around the, the information, so the risks, for example, but also potentially uh, what are the strategies to deal with those risks. And that's where really we really come in is to obviously help prevent, of course, if we can, um, deal with whatever the issue is. But even if, if there are mistakes being made, if mistakes have been made, even if it's, it's already in litigation or it's about to go into litigation, we're also there to help. So it's not, not just about one particular area or, or one particular part of the journey, but it's all about the whole journey for the client because the whole point of what we're trying to do is then help that client to put themselves in a position where they can go and, and grow and, and do the things that they actually wanted to do as opposed to dealing with whatever these, these legal obstacles that come in their way. Yeah, yeah, sure. So how do you, with all that in mind then too, like how do you or do you then work work with or work in with um say like either internal hr departments yep. or or hr people that are working with their own clients or then with joint clients like how do you actually work yep. in with those people so internal hr teams in particular are a little bit more sophisticated around uh employment law industrial relations so you know issues around the fair work act issues around the enterprise agreements a little bit more sophisticated around that. So it's not necessarily about giving the answer to what modern award applies or very you know, much more basic information that way. It's more about uh, giving them um, a, uh, a plan or even a strategy for whatever it is that they want to do with the business. Um, and in particular for a lot of HR managers or HR business partners, uh, they really got a seat at the table in terms of making decisions or key decisions about the business, even discussing it with the board directly. So for those uh, in those HR teams, what we try to do is uh, get them a plan or options 
so they can actually play around with. So for example, right now, there's a lot of work we're doing around redundancy and restructure advice. Now, restructures don't necessarily mean redundancies. It could mean um, combination of uh, positions. It could be a reduction in hours. It could be a, um, um, an incentive strategy to try to keep certain staff members. There could be a number of things that need to talk about. And so we try to uh, give them a baseline about what the legal risks are, but also try to work in practically as to what the business actually wants to do. Yeah, yeah, sure. So have you have you seen an increase in particular cases like that at this present time with everything that's been happening since March? Like how have you sure. seen or, or what sort of increases or changes have you seen in, in, in your areas of law yeah. um, at the moment? Employment, the employment side obviously has been um, heavily relied upon by clients um, the big issue is coming around at the moment so during uh, COVID um, it was very much around um, what do we actually do and there were some organizations and say um, in the airline industries in hospitality in retail uh, that they, they were re- really struggling and they had to get advice in regards to termination, um, in regards to, um, you know, this unfair dismissal claims and drug protections claims and redundancy claims. Like there was definitely those really immediate reactionary issues. Uh, for other organisations, it was uncertainty. Um, and then JobKeeper sort of came in and that gave them a little bit more certainty about their staff. So that's where you had a little bit more advice around um, reduction in hours, uh, changes to positions and duties, um, working from home, what are the risks there? That was the, the more discussion around that. And then once we started going sort of beyond that, so around now, um, any particular, especially with the uh, discussion or the, the rollout of, of JobKeeper post-September, many organisations aren't going to be um, eligible or have the criteria for eligibility. Uh, of course, there's a reduction in the actual payout anyway. Um, so now there's a lot of organizations looking at restructuring the way they're going to be doing business because they've done their forecasting, they've got their budgets, and so there's a lot of restructuring work um, around people management. And, of course, the discussions around that. And, what, of course, with all that, you have a lot of claims. So right now we're dealing with a lot of general protections claims a lot of unfair dismissal claims um, and even breach of contract claims, especially at that executive level um, and um, some discrimination claims. So um, if you think about it, there's some you know, really interesting ones around discrimination because someone was working from home because they had family responsibilities. Then we'll get someone sick. Like mm. there's a lot of that type of those cases. They're already getting released out into the commission in the federal court, in the discrimination commission. Um, which we're already dealing with. So, uh, and of course, on top of that is uh, performance management, managing performance. How can we manage the productivity levels? Um, there was definitely clients who were saying productivity was fantastic um, during COVID. That initial period, it was you know quite good. There was obviously disruption around technology and use of technology and you know maybe it's a little bit more formalized over zoom or teams or something like that 
there was definitely that that struggle, mm. but the productivity was quite good. Um, however, as people have sort of got used to now working from home, um, the productivity uh, for for some of the organisations we're talking to and who are you know quite large, uh, yeah, they're saying the productivity is, is dipping. So does that now correlate with potentially looking at um you know a salary cut as well? If the productivity is dipping, the salary cut, and how do you manage that? So difficult conversations. Difficult strategies are required, yeah. and, and to some extent, it will depend on the industry, the company, and and even in some respects, the actual particular employee you're talking to. Yeah, it's interesting. Like it's a, it's it's a really interesting area looking at it from from our perspective, which I suppose is the perspective of a lot of businesses who have all of a sudden been, you know, thrust into into working from home. Mm-hmm. And um, I. I wondered too. I'd just like to talk to you as well about um, compliance. Like there's already things that we've talked about in the past too in relation to the digital space. Mm. Now I I had sort of, the more I'd thought about it, I'd been thinking like how much of a potentially huge kind of issue these, these things are becoming even more because you've got like not only just for the, the, broad issue of you know cyber security yeah. but then um people who either should be or shouldn't be supplying you know their employees with um machines or if they're using their own machines and what you know risks they open up like have you seen have you seen uh an increase in that area as well yeah absolutely I mean, obviously it's just in terms of cyber security the, the, the companies that are, that are dealing with cybersecurity are, you know, trying to and trying to get the word out to um, warn uh, employers around the risks, and there are many risks around that. Um, in terms of um, the employment side, or even just the legal side, there is, you know, there is this issue around um, working from home and the, and conduct working from home and using equipment working from home. So your base level health and safety issues. Um, a lot of organizations mm. didn't have time to do, you know, proper audits um, realistically, you know, in a very in practical terms, um, not many could. Um, that's obviously changed now as, you know, there's been some restrictions. I mean, at least in Queensland, um, obviously in other states, there's, there's different, uh, different changes, but I think that's where um, organizations, you know, can just get an easy win around, you know, getting some type of uh, health and safety audit around um, working from home spaces. Uh, because, yes, in terms of what's the question around liability, who's going to be liable? Well, the answer is, um, yeah, the, the employer will be liable. Um, it, that, that's, that's true. You know, that, that's, it's, it that hasn't changed. That's, uh, it, it, seems, it seems like a real minefield though because like mm. you know i mean i'm i'm not a legal person obviously but yeah. i i would you saying that to me then straight away like yeah well how i i logically understand that but then you've got like how much um how much responsibility versus then how much you know control or how many options yeah. does the employer have to influence what then happens at home if, if they're working from home outside of you know, supplying computers or supplying mm-hmm. guidelines or supplying those things outside of that, you know, you can't really, uh, there's no other enforcement unless you, 
you say, I have to come and, you know, inspect, um, inspect somebody's house, which probably isn't going to be happening. I would imagine, you know, I don't know. And and not many, not many have, um, I mean, you know, there are, there are self audit. So potentially, for example, you could have um, an employee take photos of their workspace and send it through as part of a, an overall policy or procedure. Like that could be one way to mitigate at least saying, well, okay, the workspace looks okay. Or alternatively, like, you know, we need to, you know, this needs to be covered. We'll, we'll send someone or, or whatever it is like, you know, you know, make the adjustments. So that that's that that is one one way mm. a, a practical way I suppose that you could could deal with it. I mean, of course, you know if you've got to have up some overarching policies, I mean, you know it's just not going to work otherwise. Um, you know there there has to be some element of control over uh, your employees and the employee and and, and the, the the conduct of of the employees. For for an employee to say. It is, you know, it's my private house and therefore I can do whatever. Well, yeah, that's, there's nothing, not, not, no one's saying that's not true, but in terms of when you're working and, and you're in the workspace, well, that's a different question because there, and there's many cases um, in the past who've essentially established that and mostly for workers' compensation purposes, but have established that, hey, if you're, you're working, um, during a, a specific time, then there is a responsibility, of course, of the employer, but also of the employee in regards to their own health and safety. So this is where, um, yeah, and, and of course, that works well with performance managers, well, management as well. Sure, we can provide flexibility around when you're going to do the work, especially if, if there's going to be shutdowns and, you know, in, say, Melbourne, for example, if you're listening in Melbourne, you know, if there's going to be shutdowns and you've got to, do this with kids and everything else, you know, of course that's going to be taken into consideration, but there needs to be some type of plan as to when the work's going to be done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm probably uh, no different to many people. There's, Mm. there's, I suppose like when you, when you're not diving into the details of things like you are all the time, when you're thinking about these things and you're completely across everything, I, I would imagine, and you let me know if this is, you know, is a is a common thing or or sort of not at all, where people have an impression that workplace health and and safety as as a general idea, you know, mostly like only relates, you know, to if if you're in a specific workplace, not at home. Like it obviously doesn't, but mm, mm, as mm, as, yeah. as as a general impression that you would sort of um, have you come across, you know, that, that general idea yeah. that people are going, well, there's, you know, it's, it obviously doesn't apply to me because I'm, I'm working from home because like, it's yeah. obviously not a workplace. This is my house. Um, I think there's, there's been many different attitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, there has, you know, especially in that professional atmosphere, um, you know, accounting firms and um, consultants and, uh, financial planners, that, that top barrier where um, there is still that element of, well, we are still, even if you work from home and you're Zooming, you still got to abide. You know, it's like you're in a the workplace. You know, mm. the, the attire, the, um, the language. Um, of course, we're still going to, you know, we're going to forgive the, the cat that walks around and the, the kid that's in the background. Like that stuff is, 
you know, I don't think is, is, is too much of an issue. I'm sure that there might be some organizations I have, I don't, I haven't come across one, yeah. but more so the actual person's appearance, for example, and all that type of stuff. There's still that, that element. Um, in terms of other organizations who are not necessarily in that ring, um, there's been a much more lax attitude, which is, which is fine that, you know, there's, uh, I think there, where the problems are is when um, you have employees, for example, that some of them even maybe even making more money on JobKeeper than they actually are uh, when they actually were working. So there's an element of trying to get them to actually work. Um, there's also that element of um, employees, uh, you know, not being as um, productive as they would be in the workplace. And that could be for a myriad of reasons, mm. um, not just necessarily the negative connotations you have around that. Um, so that I think that's where the, the, the problems um, have definitely surfaced. And, and in terms of our clients, you know, we've seen a number of uh, claims around that. So, you know, um, an employer trying to uh, manage that performance or manage that conduct remotely has found it have found it difficult, and then you know a claim sort of coming across. So that part is 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 being difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Are there are there established guidelines that that like either either via um, government or via you know other uh, other organisations that mm-hmm. are already in place like for um, working from home? Because obviously, like this, it, it's it's not only because of of the current situation that people are working from home, they have like for a long time, it's just been like, there's been an influx in it. So are there general, like it's, it's obviously very different, you know, from business to business as, yeah. as to how, how the perception is, but are there some guidelines around that that are already out there? Well, not, not that I've, I mean, in terms of guidelines from government, I think, I mean, I don't think there would be anything. Mm. There might be something from the, the Fair Work Commission or Ombudsman or something like that, uh, maybe even from Health and Safety Queensland or Health and Safety New South Wales. Or, uh, look, yes, maybe, but I think the, the overall principle or premise is this. Um, you know, if you're working from home, it's basically like working at, at the office. Mm. That, that, you know, in terms of office staff, that really doesn't change all that much. Um, the technology changes, the maybe the times, the flexibility, uh, but you know you could be already having that conversation anyway. So uh, I think the mentality or the principles are pretty much the same. That doesn't really change too much, and and the cases support that. It's not you know just just because I mean you know social media is a great one. You know people think that social media they use social media as if uh, as if they're talking at a cafe. Well, no, it's different. It's completely different. It's it's you are you're talking to a, a wider audience potentially. Mm. Um, it's well, not like talking in a cafe. That's right, a whole whole world. Yeah. And so, you know what what you're saying about an employer or a fellow employee or something like that is actually broadcast. Um, it's really just common sense, isn't it? I mean, it's not. You know, it's it's you know, it's it's interesting because I I still always am amazed. It's yes. exactly what you were saying. Like, but people, people obviously, like people aren't generally stupid. Like, people know that, you know, if they say something online, that the whole world's going to see it. But they still don't treat it like that. And you know that, and then just general ideas about 
how you should do things is generally common sense. Like most people mm-hmm. understand that, but it's still, you know, it, it, it is obviously important to have, have guidelines for things because it just helps things along and it helps to, you know, that's where you come in then I suppose too is, is to, you know, having, um, this has been like a bit of a common thread across a couple of podcasts too about, you know, the power of like a third a third party. I mean, it's a bit different in the legal sense because then you're offering, you know, legal advice, but still there's that similar idea of, like you said before, like you could go online and you could see what, what the rules are around certain subjects and that's fine. You're sort of educated, but it is very different than to having proper advice from, from a, an, an expert in the field. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying it would be very easy for someone to do it you know, by themselves. I mean, that, that'd be very, I mean, it'd be quite difficult. And of course there's, there's some people that, that could potentially do it. Um, some well, yeah, fail then, badly yeah. and some do well, but I suppose the real key is what you actually do with that information. Um, I think back, you know, years and years and years ago, uh, that information wasn't as well widespread, you know, we, we, you know, you didn't have that access to the information. So in some respects, part of that service was actually just dispelling that information to, to, to the client. Of course, you still do that as a lawyer and um, um, you still need to do that, of course. And you still need to understand and know um, your craft and know what, you, what you're talking about, of course. But in terms of um, you know, what you actually do with that, yeah, you've, you've, you've still got to be able to um, utilize that um, and in particular, in in this um, in this period, it's about having a plan or being strategic. Um, there's just no, and there's many organisations uh, that will just react, constantly react to to whatever the the, the people management issues are, um, and that's fine if you want to keep on doing that. That's no problem, but. And then, there, of course, there's outliers. There's always going to be outliers where you have situations where, you know, you have done quite a lot right. Um, it's just it, it didn't matter. Um, but in those cases, though, you mitigate a lot of your risk. Does that make sense? So even, even if you yeah. – sorry, mitigate your liability, sorry. So even if you do, you know, everything goes wrong and you do lose the case, you know, the, the liabilities is lessened considerably. Mm. Um, so, that, you know – I'm always saying to clients, you know, you've got to think about these couple of things, whatever action uh, decision that you decide to make around people management, you've got to be able to defend that in front of a um, commissioner or a judge. And if you're able to defend that, what evidence do you have to ensure that they sway towards your side of things as opposed to the other side? Mm. And if you keep that in mind, then that should, you know, um, help in any decision-making process. So if you, if you think, yes, there's some ambiguity around this, you know, if, you know, we've got someone who's, you know, ill or sick and, you know, or there's some family responsibility issues or there's a work cover claim. Yeah. Yeah. You should sort of stop and readjust and you might need to go get advice. That's absolutely true. Because whatever decision you make may be completely tainted um, by the information. And if you can't uh, dispel that causal link, 
yeah, you could be in real strife. Yeah, I suppose like there's there's that aspect of of the topic that we're talking about about you helping people to navigate obstacles where people uh, people's interpretation of what the obstacles may be from either their own education or from you know hearsay aren't, aren't the real obstacles even so one of you know it's it's that key thing of even knowing what the obstacles are yeah. you know in in the first place and that I mean that is especially important in what you do but you could you know you could safely say that's the case in a lot of areas in business where people are offering advice there's a, in in the sense that people often will um see what they want to see too yeah i mean i'm i'm probably no different if you're looking for something for a certain answer and you aren't being guided with you know in, impartial you know proper advice you might find the answer that you're looking for because you're going to interpret um you know something in the way you want to see it and then you know oops, you know, it may not be right. And that, and that's why um, when we deal with organizations that have internal HR teams or HR teams, um, the discussion is a lot different. You know, it's a lot more about strategy um, and planning it out, um, you know, lining up the ducks, as I would say. Um, when organizations don't have that or don't have access to that, um, Yes, the decisions can be a little bit more, um, how do I say, reactive mm. um, on the sense of, say, maybe fairness or some sort of principle like, like that. Um, but the problem with that is, uh, in particular with the Fair Work Act um, and even some modern awards and enterprise agreements, that's not necessarily rewarded. Um, there are some quirks. And there are some, you know, for example, just because you think that you're not going to be, um, uh, you can be protected from unfair dismissal, uh, doesn't mean that dispels the issues around, say, general protections, which which has a reverse onus of proof, which um, can claim penalties against people individually that goes from the Fair Work Commission all the way to the Federal Circuit Court straight away, which talks about rules of evidence, um, which, you know, is true litigation proceedings. Or it doesn't talk, you know, it doesn't spell the issues about breach of contract. If your contract hasn't been particularly drafted properly or hasn't dra- drafted at all, you've got reasonable notice issues. Mm. Um, you know, years ago, the Queensland Reds got caught, caught out in that. You know, so you, there's discrimination. Um, there's many issues that just because uh, you feel like this is, you know, it's not fair or, or something along those lines, um, or, or even you think it's common sense that's not necessarily rewarded uh, mm. under the act. Um, so I think organizations, no matter what size need to become a little bit more um, 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 sophisticated in dealing with people management. It's, you know, the, the days of handshake agreements and things like that realistically or in, in practical terms, you should be looking at formalizing arrangements um, and, yeah. And, you know, if you're going to performance manage someone, do it properly. Go and actually performance manage them on, and on metrics and, you know, what's the shortfall and what's the, uh, what needs to be done, what can we do to help and then provide a timeline. Like, you know, you know if there's misconduct, like actually put the allegation to them so you can get their side of the story. Mm. Um, because 
then you can dispel things of procedural fairness and natural justice. This is that for, for, for organizations right now, it's probably even more important uh, to really ensure <clears throat> that they, they deal with, uh, uh, in particular, tricky employee, employee issues and, and even IR issues as well, uh, mm. carefully. Yeah, yeah. I would, how, how have you seen or, or like have you seen people having to, like given this um, change with working from home and any other things that have been happening, and I suppose quite quickly for some people, have you seen people like having to all of a sudden change or modify employee contracts or, or well, or to actually have them in the first place, I suppose, because yep. of, of these changes too. Have you seen much of that? Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. yeah. Variations to employment contracts during uh, changing hours and, and, and um, even even changing positions and duties. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Um, and, you know, that that's just a, a, an easy way to formalise um, whatever those arrangements are. Um, that should just be the, the byproduct of whatever discussions have occurred. The, the real meat is really how that's communicated. That, mm. that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's really where um, the real meat is. The, the, the contract, yes, yes, you've got it properly drafted and, and, and all those things, of course, yes, but the real meat is how it's communicated. That's, that's the key. Um, because if you don't communicate it in a way uh, that um, benefits your, uh, your plan or your perspective or even your strategy, uh, yes, that's when you, you'll have disputes for sure, absolutely. And sometimes it's going to be hard. There are organizations mm. that we're dealing with right now who, you know, they've got um, uh, 500 staff. They've got to, to communicate this. Of course, understandably, it's going to be difficult. And there has to be a proper plan in place to do that because the contract itself or the variation itself is just a byproduct of all that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would, it makes sense to me that the more, the more staff generally you have, the more important that is, but it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's important in any scenario, you know, there's, but I mean, like you said, like I, I can especially see um, like having a little bit of an insight, like in, mm. in, into the, into that HR sort of space, like how, how tightly and, and how, how much benefit there would really be to really any employer for you and a, you know, H our department to be working in, in sync. Like is, is, is that common? Like in, in the, you know, in, in your world, like yes. in, in the world of like, is, is what you're doing now, the way that you work, is that, is that common or is that um, something that you have, have come to in your business realize that there's more benefit and it's more unique rather than like the common thing that happens all the time? Yeah, I think um, with with us, we will work with usually HR departments or HR teams, sometimes with the finance teams or CFO, uh, sometimes with the CEO or the board or, or, or directors. Um, but usually it will be the people who are responsible for the people management or people manager or that particular person. Um, and uh, the way we try and, and work with them is to, I suppose, in some respects, give them a roadmap, okay? So 
whatever it is that they intend to do, whatever that target is. So it may be that, um, you know, they've got a tricky situation where they've, they've only got two spots or two positions available for four people and they can't, you know, how they're going to split it. Yeah. Mm. And that can be difficult because especially if someone's been there for a long time. So how do you, how do you work that strategy in? You know, you might look at skills and capabilities and, um, and you might look at uh, what the position is and then you might get thrown a curveball where the board, the board might suggest, Hey, um, why don't we actually go out to the open market as well? Mm. So you've got to somehow control that communication. And that's where we really, really assist. Because, of course, we've got that legal perspective, right? That's the baseline. Um, if you do this, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's gonna, it carries a whole lot of risk. Um, how do you mitigate that risk? And, how do you get, and, of course, how do you mitigate that liability? And that's the, the, they're the steps you want to try, try to take. Um, and there are times where you can, we can look at avoiding it altogether. But what does that mean? Does it cost the client something? For example, if you, if you want to go down a redundancy instead of actually performance managing someone out, all right, you could potentially make it work. But that could mean that you can't have someone in that position for a period of time. That could be quite disruptive. Yeah. It, could be, it could be quite a bit of an issue. There's also redundancy pay you've got to think about. So different strategies and different options, um, it will just depend on, on level of risk that the client wants to take, but also in particular, what is actually their goal? Like what's, what do they actually want? Um, because sometimes when clients come to us and say, hey, um, we want to do this and we want to um, you know, um, terminate this staff member, um, of course, the question I'll say is why? Um, and they, the, the reasoning uh, might be uh, completely illegal. Could be absolutely illegal. And then I'll ask them, you know, what, what else is in play? You know, what are the other reasons? And usually those other reasons come out. And so the, 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 the goal might completely change. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and hence, hence like once again, the importance of, of even having somebody that's going to go through all those options with them too, you know, but his, um, what about like your uh, engagement or how you you act in the whole scheme of you know employer employee yep. and then with I um, mean you know, trade unions where do you um, where do you work or, or how do you engage with them? Yeah, so I, I've got a trade union background and and because of that trade union background, it gives me a bit of a unique insight into uh, what the other side of thinking. Um, because I, uh, we predominantly work for employers as with, you know, our moniker is lawyers for employers. Mm. Uh, so we predominantly work for employers uh, and, and therefore some of the issues that prop up sometimes that are not really understood, um, I can give some insights as to why, because it might be an overall um, uh, campaign or part of a campaign um, that, that the union is roping this client into or this business into. Mm. Um, so in terms of, uh, yes, we've had to deal with a number of matters. Uh, so we've got a few EBAs on foot. Um, and yes, we, we're dealing with objections from, from uh, trade unions. Um, 
and we were also dealing with um you know situations where um unions are making themselves a little bit well known especially in say the manufacturing space um and, and there's obviously myriad of reasons uh for that uh, but what it means is that uh for clients in that space they need to be extra vigilant about what they want to do and there are of course um, many strategies um, that they we've been working on um, especially around um, uh, structuring and commercial setup even of the business Mm. as well to try and try and deal with um, some of the um, prickly uh, IR issues yeah yeah a bit so as as we actually get um, towards the um, um, the end, probably of the podcast. Have you have you got anything? Because we've covered like quite a few things there. Obviously, not like every you know. It's mainly about the employment side of things. But have mm. you got anything in particular that um, you know for any employers listening that you know um, you'd sort of like to say in terms of the importance, especially around around the topic because it's it seems like such a key thing to me that you know it's it's so very helpful especially the way that you work with you know hr Mm. and and that education um sort of piece too making sure that people are sort of as across you know issues as they can be um is there anything else that you'd like to say yeah um if you're if you're in a situation now where you're looking at your workforce, you're looking at your workers, you're starting to uh, comprehend, uh, you know, the uh, financial forecasts of your organisation, and you do need to make changes. Uh, you, you really need to keep in mind a number of things. Um, firstly, um, what what is it that you're gonna you're gonna actually do? So. So have a, you know you got to think okay what is what's actually going to happen and that might mean talking to your CFO talking to your financial team talking to your accountant so what is it actually is going to happen um, or what needs to happen um, uh, secondly okay well how is that going to affect uh, from a number of organisations people or wages is probably going to be the largest expense so um, what do we need to do there. And if, if it, it means restructuring as well, and, and again, this is a great opportunity as well for organizations um, who have been looking to restructure. It's a great opportunity to now restructure right now. Um, and I'm not saying about redundancy, it's just restructuring the business and the model of the business. It's a great time to do it. Um, and if you need to start thinking that, then you got to start thinking, okay, whatever decisions, whatever actions we're going to take, we have to think at some point, a commissioner or judge is going to look at this and give an opinion. Mm. Yeah. It's a reflective, it's certainly a reflective time, isn't it? I, I think that's a great piece of advice. And, um, and with that in mind, I'll just also ask you, Jonathan, if you wouldn't mind, if you'd be so kind as to, as to provide us with uh, some sort of quote that you, that you either like or you find is, is, is sort of relevant to what we've been talking about. What do you got? What have I got? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what have, what have you got, Jonathan? Well, um, what I can say is this one. All right. So in terms of um, uh, MB lawyers, the lawyers for employers, like our purpose. And so we, we really try to ingrain this um, in our staff and also with, with our clients is that our, 
our purpose is to help employers um, overcome uh, legal obstacles, uh, reach their goals, and focus on growth. So you can quote me on that one, mate. You quoted it. Well, yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. And thank you for that. That's much appreciated. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been awesome. Um, just let everyone know too about uh, the best and easiest way to get in, in contact with um, you and or NB Lawyers, uh, where they can go online or how best to contact you guys. Yeah, brilliant. Um, website, www.lawyersforemployers.com.au. Um, phone number, 0738765111. And if you want to get in contact with me personally by email, it's uh, Jonathan M. So it's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N and then the letter M at nb-lawyers.com.au. Uh, but if you check out the website, lawyersforemployers.com.au, it does have a lot of that information and some really cool stuff around um, articles as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Always Thanks, a pleasure. Mate. Appreciate Always. it. So with that in mind, that's actually it for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening into our podcast yet again. Before we go, please leave your feedback as well as any suggestions for any topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. Thanks again for listening to the Grey Business Podcast and we'll see you again soon. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Grow Your Business. Have a great day and we'll see you next time here at the Grow Your Business Podcast.